Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome, everybody, to our mini-review of uh, the first two episodes of Picard here on... The Geek Buddies! Well, it's dropped on CBS All Access, the first two episodes. Um, We're going to talk about it generally, and then we're going to give our spoiler-filled thoughts. So if you haven't seen the two episodes, maybe stop now, go watch, come back, and click on this thing. We're only going to go about 20 minutes. Go watch those first two episodes, and then come back and engage. Oh, Lord. That is not a dad joke. Oh, come Uh, on! That's not a dad joke. It's on the line. I would say it's on the line. I agree with you, Shannon. A little bit on the line. Uh, Make it so. All right. So um, I I have been been dying. I have not asked you guys at all. Yes. Coming back from the cruise, the very first thing that I did, literally, before I knew I had the flu, was watch the first episode. And I have not texted you to ask. I've been dying to know what you guys have thought of these first two episodes. Thoroughly, thoroughly loved it. As the bigger Star Trek fan in the room of the three of us, yeah, I will say that. Uh, that is not that true. is true because you won't even watch the original movies. Uh, I've watched all the original movies once. I listened to your entire podcast last week that I wasn't on the Star Trek motion picture. Oh no, what? the other one. Uh, oh. V-ger, blah, 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 blah. That's see right there. I win. <laughs> right there, I win. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I will say this. I thoroughly, thoroughly loved it from top to bottom. I think they learned their lessons in the second season of Star Trek Discovery. And when they approached and they when they approached Picard, they were like, we got to we got to approach it in a certain way, have a certain look and tell a storyline that's more interesting and mysterious and bring characters in slowly and present all this kind of stuff and make our guy actually be our guy. And I love that. Uh, it was OK. It was, oh, okay. it was okay. Wow. Um, but I, but I, also, I had a feeling this was going to be the case. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was okay. Um, I, again, I don't have a, a big oh, love for Trek right, right. You're not the way that you fan. guys do. Huh. Um, I like a well-crafted mystery. Yes. Um, I think I would like it more if I had more invested in the characters. And that's not to say that what that they're not doing anything great. It's just it's just a it's a new world for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, Patrick Stewart. 
I have a lot of questions. Yes. Um, are, we, are we jumping into spoilers right yeah. now? Yeah. Well, sure. Okay. So the thing that made him separate from Starfleet is that something that we that you guys saw in the series, or did this happen off screen? That's something that you saw in your favorite Star Trek movie. That was the thing. The, the Romulan, super, the yeah. Romulan supernova. That is the reason that both Spock and Nero come back through time mm-hmm. in J.J. Abrams' Star, Star yeah. Trek reboot. Okay. Is the thing that they're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's so, that's what I so thought. So they tied those two things together, which I think is really, really cool. Kind yeah. of like giving that nod to the JJ universe, right? Um, in the Star Trek movie, I think Spock says it's a supernova that threatened the galaxy, and mm-hmm. they've sort of retconned it to be the sun went supernova and was going to destroy uh, the Romulans' planet, right? Um, but I think that tying those two things together is just kind of a cool nerdy thing to do right and that is the thing so okay. that is what they're talking about and so yeah. the Romulans had been displaced and that's why he has those two Romulan like house servants yeah, yeah, essentially yeah. Um, and there was one other thing that and then at the same time so he had convinced Picard conv- Admiral Picard I guess mm-hmm. convinced the Federation to help move the Romulans because they were all about to be immigrants right uh and they were still and they were contentious. St- and, they're, and, and they're still the Federation's biggest enemy. Okay. Yeah. Um, but convinced them to do it. And then as things got harder and other things were going on and it was getting harder, like there was other alien races that weren't happy about it. And then when those sentients rebelled and right. did whatever they did and destroyed those shipyards on Mars, they destroyed a bunch of the ships that were going to move the Romulans. So the Federation pulled all the way back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kind of abandoned. I, I, there's st- I still have some questions about how many Romulans escaped, how many Romulans died, but mm-hmm. it was not bad. It was not good for Romulans. Yeah, okay. to, to me, and this is what always makes sci-fi work for me, is philosophical debate. Philosophical concepts that are brought up that are reminiscent to what's occurring in our current world and how they work it out in the future, right? And you definitely see that in this movie. This idea of how much of ourselves do we sacrifice to save other people who are fleeing a terrible situation, even if they were our enemies and didn't necessarily fight us. They're just regular people trying to live their lives. How much do we lose in order to save them? Whose life is more valuable, Mm -hmm. ours or theirs? Are we... What's the word I'm looking for? How nice are we? How kind are we? How uh, devoted to the principles of of human beings, of religion, of whatever? How good? We? How good? Sure. How good are we to be able to sacrifice ourselves? Or does taking care of our society, because overall our society can help other people, which we see in the second episode when Picard has that awesome scene uh, with the other with the admiral, with the admiral? yeah in the, in, in the office it and, got spicy yeah. oh yeah do they, do they drop F-bombs on Discovery yeah, uh, yeah. yes oh, they do okay. there's sex in Discovery Klingon on Discovery it's, it's weird watching a Star Trek show where people say shit and fuck but yes on Discovery and Picard but you, I will say they used it correctly in Picard and they kind of forced it a bit at times in Discovery so I will in my opinion <laughs> in my opinion I love Discovery yeah. alright fine you love Discovery <laughs> but like yeah in my opinion I just felt like it. it, it but yeah that's the thing that's the philosophy of the idea and Picard standing up and her going the hubris of you to think you can waltz back in here and tell us what the fuck to do screw you Picard and right. then you're like oh damn what other I like I like this game yeah, I like okay. the uh, what other questions does yeah. Shannon have as a newbie um, okay so the character that Picard goes to at the end of episode two uh, at the beach is it or in the desert yeah I don't know who she is okay yeah, okay so okay she, sure. she hasn't been introduced yeah, um, oh, sorry. love the Romulan female uh, female servants 
Yeah. Um, yeah. When they go to housekeeper, 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 servants a little. Uh, what? Sir, servants is a bad word. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they're compensated very well. <laughs> um, yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah. And that scene where they go to Dodge's apartment, yes, and yeah. you get to see, and he's like, "Oh, well, you know, this is notoriously unreliable." And she's like, "Oh, yeah, that's what we wanted you to think." Yeah, like that's. Uh, I, I love interplay like that. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Questions about the Borg. Question about... Yeah, it's a Borg. It's not an actual Borg. It's a Borg-like shell. Yeah, so that's been... So the Borg are still out there, yes. right? Okay, but this particular Borg cube is no longer in contact. What the right. collective is that yeah, what they're the called? Yeah. Okay, and so they're just there studying it, essentially. Essentially, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, the, the Romulans clearly are running that thing, um, and taking it. You know. Uh, it's not Dodge, is it Soji? Is that the, yeah, other, one? the other one? Soji says, uh, you know, they're, that the Romulans are making a lot of money off of like taking the Borg tech and kind of like repurposing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're doing something there. I do find it really interesting that you know um, the uh, the the housekeeper, the 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 Romulan woman who's working with Picard, mm-hmm. she's talking about the group of Romulans that hate. Uh, the idea of yes. artificial intelligence, yes. right? Yes. While at the same time, there's a group of Romulans that are doing a lot of things yep. on a Borg ship. So I right. find that really interesting and what that division is between the Romulans, like which Romulans are on this side, which Rom... Like, it's all very, very... Yeah. I, I, I'm curious to know what's going on with all of that. Did mm-hmm. Data paint in The Next Generation? Or is this uh, a new yes. thing? He did a lot. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, so there's two... If you uh, if you are a Star Wars, Star Trek <laughs> fan, if you're a Star <laughs> Trek fan, um, or if you're really enjoying Picard, there's actually mm-hmm. two really good episodes. There's a season two episode of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation called Measure of a Man, yeah. which actually introduces Bruce Maddox, the scientist that they're talking about who made all the other sentience. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's an episode where he comes in and he wants to take Data apart and study him so that he can make more sentience. Right. And there's a whole trial to decide whether Data has rights or not. Right. Um, but it's really interesting because clearly this show um, – Particularly in episode two, when they actually showed the sentience um, in the Martian's shipyards, yeah, they're really making a point about what happens when you have sentience as like sort of an underclass or right. a servant class that right. can, that is disposable, right? And the way that they are treated versus the way Data was treated on the Enterprise as an individual, there's definitely a lot of things that are discussed in Measure of a Man. Um, it gives you more of a sense of who Bruce Maddox is, mm-hmm. how he first came into contact with Data, and then to your point. I believe it's in season three. There's an episode called The Offspring Mm -hmm. where Data actually tried to build a daughter. Yeah. Okay. Um, And ultimately, he built her too well and she had emotions and it broke her down. Right. Mm -hmm. But this idea that he did that, the idea that he did paint, that he did study art, that he did do things Mm -hmm. in an effort to understand humanity more, that's definitely consistent with who he was. But within the synthetics, Data is special. Yes. Right? There's no other synthetics right. in Star Trek until now. Okay. Like there was, Data was singular. There were no other artificial life forms. He was unique. Yeah. Okay. In Next in next Generation, which means that in the world of Star Trek, that means never before was there someone who was a artificial intelligence, who was fully autonomous, had their own understanding, their conscience, yeah. whatever. <clears throat> and so the idea that between Next Generation and now, Bruce Maddox clearly was successful in building some level of sentient life form. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there's the Borg, which is sort of hybridized, you know, sort of half tech, half biology. Um, they're just taking all the different forms of uh, artificial life, semi-artificial life, everything, and putting it all together in this big story, which mm-hmm. kind of to your point, yep. what I love about – I was thinking about it as I watched it, and what you said was great. I think that Star Wars is all about mythology. Mm-hmm. 
and Star Trek is all about uh, philosophy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Star Trek, the best Star Treks are the ones that are about sort of like exploring these ideas of humanity in a very philosophical, ethical way. And it feels like this show is going to give us a really fun mystery, a lot of fun sci-fi Easter eggs, while at the same time actually exploring some important issues about like what it means to be sentient, what it means to be a human. Not just what is human. What it means to be alive. Yeah. Basically. You know, and I'm, I just rewatched Star Trek 6 again randomly the other day just for fun. And there is that word, there is that scene with all of them, the original series, where they're all sitting around the table with the Klingons. Because it's very reminiscent to whatever the Klingons. When that, that moon blew up, Kirk and the crew has to go and like help the Klingons kind of move out and create a new world without and even though they're their enemies it's right. very similar to what the Romulans what happens to the Romulans here so this it's repeating a little but in the scene they're talking they say uh, human rights and the daughter of the Klingon ambassador goes human rights the very word is racist and just the idea that it's only human rights mm. and, it, and I remember hearing it this time and I went ah damn yeah, as you're more as you as you become more expansive in your thought process on things, you go, okay, what does this all mean? Do we select? Do we say human rights, but mean American rights? Do we say human rights and mean only people we know rights, or do we say rights and think only our family or friends? Those kinds of things. Those kinds of things are the things that you think about when you're watching, and so that gets brought up here consistently. Mike, you make a great point. Various forms of it, half Borg, half uh, or half sentient, half uh, you know uh, human or whatever species have uh, you get the full sentience you get all this stuff going on then you've got a daughter who feels human but then she's it, it's, it has shades of Blade Runner because they're giving her memories yeah. like they did with Rachel in right. Blade Runner the Sean Young character so there's a lot here that I think is very interesting and mysterious my concern is this subplot of romance already between these two other characters Soji and the Romulan, the Romulan. The David Treadway but that's character. not a real well, romance it's not a real romance though, though. He's, he's using her he yeah like- yeah but like they're already in bed. They're already doing their things. They're, they're copping out by making the copulation that quickly instead of the chase of it all escalating. I think, well, and we'll, 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 we'll see. The end of the first but episode. Like, we'll see. Like, if, if this was actually supposed to be a romance subplot, I would agree with you, but okay. I don't think it's going to be a romance subplot. I think it's going to be a, I'm fucking using you because I'm, to him, yeah. a, a, it seems, he thinks he's having sex with a toaster. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right, to him, right. he knows what she is. He's using her. Right. Um, I really did like the whole at the end of the second episode the fact that uh, you can tell that like the Romulan admiral is she yeah. Romulan or is she Vulcan like I couldn't really tell like like would they have a Romulan where Romulan the, the woman who worked for the Federation the Asian woman or the other yeah one? I thought she was Romulan uh, yeah I think she's yeah Romulan. she is Romulan I, okay I yeah. think she was Romulan but I was like also like oh so like we have Romulans in the Federation well, now? like what all happened I, yeah. I do have a lot of questions that I hope we get answered about like what exactly happened with the remaining Romulans post mm-hmm. the supernova to now because they're they're slowly filling it in but that's one place where i'm a little bit confused not in a bad way i just like i have questions yeah. um you know i think what's interesting about this show and i'll be it'll be fun to see if they can like ride the balance is that look patrick stewart's old yes for someone who's always looked old right he really patrick looks stewart old. is really is really up there and and the 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 argument she's right him to walk in just because he thinks he needs to be on a mission and the hubris, the male hubris to be like, no, I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. And even him saying to David Pamer, you know how I am. When I have a mission, I can't be stopped. And Pamer's like, fine, just go. I don't, you're an idiot. I hope you die before this thing kills you. Um, Which is also a reference to an episode in Star Trek Next Generation because Gates McFadden, Dr. West, uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher, finds the thing in his head. Yeah. When he, I think it's in the season series finale. He has these time jumps. 
Uh, and so oh, he has that's that. right. So that's he has right. that in his head. So it's they make a reference to it because now we're going to see Kirk. I mean, sorry, Picard as it goes out into space. I guarantee you. The Time s- jump? Yes. And in his mind, because of the space stuff, will affect his brain. I, so what I was going to say, which I think is going to be interesting, is uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they ride a, ride a show that is your lead guy is no action star. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I think just from some of the trailers, I think we're going to get some characters that are going to probably really get you more engaged. A, there's not going to be a lot of backstory. Engaged. Get it? Yeah, go ahead. There's not going to be a lot of backstory that we knew, but like there's going to be more that's action. <laughs> there's going to be more action coming up. Coming up. Well, that's why you have a young exciting. crew. Yeah. So they can do the action. Um, it looks like a Vulcan, like a Vulcan samurai. Yeah, like yeah, the Vulcan yeah. okay. samurai I'm excited about. I'm excited to see what seven of nine and yes. I, know, I know that Hugh who was another board character yes. from next generation uh, is going to be in the show as well. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what the Borg are now. Yeah. Like there's just, there's a lot of really cool ideas floating around and I'm just mostly like just digging it hardcore. Dude, that Hugh episode was heartbreaking. That Hugh episode is one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek. Right. When he has to reassimilate, you're like, Oh man, they, they, they find one Borg Who's just like abandoned, abandoned, yeah. And mm-hmm. rather than kill him, they sort of like rehabilitate him on his own and right. kind of give him his own consciousness. Yeah. And then, and then they decide to they like decide to, to take him back to the Borg and have him reinsert himself in the collective in the hope that that one little snippet of like individuality before it gets wiped out by the collective sort of infects the collective. Right. And so what we might see yeah. now when he shows up is that that actually. Yeah. That that paid off, or yeah. or maybe it didn't. Like who knows? But I, I think it's really interesting. When they were dissecting that one Borg, they took the the IP oh, off. Like yeah. that got a genuine. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was gross. Yeah. That was gross. That's not good. Um, and, and aren't there rumors? Are there rumors that Alice Krieg might come back as the Borg Queen in some way? Because remember, they mentioned First Contact Day in the second episode, mm-hmm. which is of course a reference to the First Contact. So like, is that a possibility? I yeah. don't know. As soon as you throw the and I, I was worried that they were going to just rehash stuff, but the way they're rehashing it is inventive, and I like that. It's new. It's it feels. Yeah. It, you know what? It's. I just. I was talking to my brother about this when we watched the second episode. But like, between Star Wars and Star Trek, and what's happening is just like, it is a very unique place to live in where we're not getting new versions of the things that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Like we're not getting like another Star Trek or. A, I mean, we are getting new versions, but it's like we're getting these continuations of stories that like are from 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, longer. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the fact that we're getting these older actors, these older characters to come back and play their characters who have actually aged along with us. Yeah. Um, and to see where they're at and to see where the universes that we love are at and to get new characters that are going to hopefully jumpstart us into telling more stories. It's just it's I love the continuation of it as opposed to the here's a story and here let's just reboot it and tell like like what would it have been like if we had just done like reboots of the first three Star Trek yeah, Star Wars right, movies, you right. know, like if we got like recast it right. and done new young actors as this like it would have been such a like grossness. Right. Well, someone, someone argued. Force Awakens was a bit of a reboot. Well, I hope you could say to a degree that, so. it was. But. Right. Well, also, I like the idea at the end. Uh, and what's What's brilliant about this whole? And I know we got to wrap up. But what's brilliant about all of this too is that there is there are plants all over this federation. There are plants all ferns over this. and palms and <laughs> no, like I mean all kinds spies. of like hydrangeas. <laughs> there were palm trees in the first. There episode. were palm trees. That's right. actually true. Uh, I mean, at the end here, you at the end here, you get the her like the the woman who's you know the Romulan Romulan uh, admiral spy. Is, has the Romulan spy and the guy. Says, says to her, God, you wear those ears, regular oh, yeah. ears. So it's like, 
It's like a play on the Spock ears, of course, but like it's this idea of this. But and then we see glimpses when you see the trailer of her in a regular face, regular Romulan face. So we don't know. And this is going to be interesting. Who's on the Romulan side? Who's not Romulan? If they can adjust their faces or put makeup well, on or whatever, it's going to be fascinating to see what the technology. And I think is. the biggest difference between this and previous Star Treks and, yeah. and John, we we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but uh, Patrick Stewart spoke about this: is that the Federation has always been. Like, I don't know what Gene Roddenberry thinks about this show, like watching it from up mm. in heaven. But like the Federation has always supposed to been been the idealized version of what we could be. Yeah. Like once we got past all of our shit with all of our racism and nationalism and everything else. And like we as a planet got our shit together. Like this is the idealized version of us. And to take the Federation and make them blind to something and make them not having done the right thing and have Picard be so angry at them that they're not the Federation they were supposed to be. And then to see that there's people in the Federation that are spies and that don't have our best, like that, that things are not the perfect uh, utopia that they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really interesting world for Star Trek to start exploring. Well, I think it's always been there, right? Star Trek six, you have the Federation guys turning and working with the Klingons. Yeah, to, uh, but Gene Roddenberry was always very clear on that. That wasn't supposed sure, to be. Sure. And I do think, I do think when they do it, yeah, like Kim Cattrall was right. Uh, yeah. Well, you can always go back to the original series. There were times where the Federation was the people in charge. Cause that's the truth of the matter. No matter how utopian you can create a world, in a human world, there's still going to be uh, greed and avarice and desire for power and what have you. So he has a vision for what it could be, but it's always been there, this undercurrent that the possibility of that vision will be corrupted by people who are corruptible by power and a desire and a fear to lose the power and hand it over to another species or another entity that's always been there under uh, bubbling under the surface. I think this show is going to full on attack it. Whereas other show, other shows have had episodes. Yeah. This is full on the theme of the show, which yeah. I like. Yeah. To your point. All right. Anything else to say to ra- before we wrap this up? Captain Picard showing up to see someone who hates him and bringing a real fancy <laughs> bottle of wine. <laughs> Going back to when we first saw the first poster of this and I wanted this show to be Picard in a vineyard just visiting with people. Yeah. The fact that she was like, had her gun. She was like, get out of here. I don't want to see you. He's like, I brought the 86. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I am on board for this show. <laughs> on board. Get it? All right. Well, there you go. That's our... Uh, Rosestance is future. Oh. <laughs> we almost made it out. We almost made it out. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching this uh, spoiler-filled uh, uh, review of the first two episodes of Picard uh, on CBS All Access. Go and watch this thing. Let us know what you thought of uh, our thoughts on this and uh, what did we miss or what did we get on the nose that maybe you didn't think about uh, that inspired you to maybe rewatch the episodes or look at it in a whole new light. Thanks so much. Any last things to say? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MKToon. If you'd like to follow Mr. Roke, it's at The Roka Says. And I'm going to be on the f- uh, season premiere of Brooklyn Nine-Nine next Thursday, February 6th Watch on NBC. That. Watch that and tweet about it. Uh, after you watch Shannon, after you watch Picard, open up a nice bottle of rosé. Pour it. Pretend that you're having a nice chat with Jean-Luc. Oh. And then go give us some ratings, give us some stars, give us some comments on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're watching us. The more that you comment, the more that you rate us, the more that you give any kind of feedback, the more that you retweet us on Twitter, the more that you uh, tell people on Instagram to check us out. Whatever it is, uh, it's great for us. It brings more geeks to the table. It gets us to continue the conversation and share more awesome geek news with all of you.
make it so. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on The Geek Buddies. Hey! Make it Merlot. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.